Hi friend, Katie here with the Hustle Humbly community updates for March. Our live this month will be on March 26th and will be our quarter one book club covering the 12 week year. We're really excited to go over this book with everyone. If you read it, you can join the conversation. And even if you don't read it, we hope you'll join us for the Hustle Humbly Cliff Notes and our good overview and takeaway of what we loved about the book, the 12 week year. Other reminders for the community group are to make sure you're on the referral list as well as the military referral list if you serve a military community. Our final reminder is that we have a podcast search feature. It is a really cool feature of the community where you can go in and find a previous episode or episodes that cover a certain topic you're looking for. So if you can't remember where you heard us talk about a certain wording for a letter or how we handled a situation, you can use that podcast search feature to find out exactly what you need. If you're a member of community, you'll have all of this in your monthly newsletter, as well as you can find it on your dashboard. And if you're not a member of community, please feel free to join us. You can learn more at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash membership. When agents are operating from a place of desperation, hasty decisions are made and homework is not done. I'm very busy right now. I don't have a lot to show for it. We got another offer, thankfully. Okay. They canceled. Oh, (laughs) I wanted the end of the story to be happy. No, it's not yet. And they look at you like you are gold. Because they don't know. They don't know and they realize, I've always heard realtors are not very helpful. Hi y'all, welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi Alyssa. Hey Katie. It's episode 217. Okay. Part of me feels like I haven't recorded in a minute. I know, because we got tired last time. (laughs) Right. We were like, no more. Um, Okay. This is um, Agents on Edge. Oh. Desperate for deals. There's a lot of that out there (laughs) right right now. Um, Market shifts, you know, really change how the business is done. It does. And and we're dealing with some market shifts. (laughs) I also feel like this market shift might be a little bit different. Like you've been in the industry longer than me. 18 years, and I've never seen a 7% interest rate. Right. But even just – so I feel like the last two and a half years during COVID brought in this huge influx of new agents. Right. The numbers across all the boards just increased. Um, People are leaving their corporate job, getting into real estate. And so that – combined with a market shift. So it's like, right. you know, we've been in it over 10 years, you're 18 years, and it's like we have some experience and we're established in our business. I've had a listing sit on the market before. Yes. <laughs> like you've I, experienced have, I have seen that. some of this before. Yes. Like I, and I even got to see like the, the bubble burst. Right. And that was the beginning of my career. So quite honestly, I started in a place of discomfort and not a great market. Yeah. Like it was a pretty good market for the first year I was in. Right. And then it was pretty bad. Mm -hmm. You know, like it wasn't great. And now I think, unfortunately, bad behaviors will come out. Yeah, they're starting to. They're already starting to. So this will be an episode full of stories, I think. Yeah, and I think also, you know, we're not trying to pick on people, of course. No, 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 no. But we want it to be a reminder that professionalism and running your business like a business has to preside. That has Uh, to be the first priority. Right. And you cannot want the deal more than your client. And more than your life, because last week we talked to Jen about safety, and um, that's episode 216. It, it It is more important that you get home every day than that you make that dollar. Yes. And I think that when, you know, money is getting tighter, you don't have as many pendings or active, or maybe you have none. 
Um, that is when people start really compromising their boundaries. Because you can't afford to lose the buyer. Yeah. You're like, well, I can't afford to lose this online lead that called me and doesn't want to do a pre-approval and won't, you know, give Mm -hmm. me their driver's license or whatever your process is. And you're like, I I, I have to go. Like, my back's against the wall financially. That's not a fun place to be working from. And when you're working from a place of desperation or fear or the poverty mindset, that is when your clients can sense that. I This is the point in time when I would say I'm leaning more into, you know, I've always been, you have to be full-time to be a good agent, but I'd rather you get a part-time gig if you have that kind of time because because of the market, mm-hmm. then you go out and make yourself unsafe or unprofessional in order to try and keep doing this full-time. And if it's that stressful, if it's that stressful that it's making you, it's yeah. changing your life and how on edge you are, maybe... It's not the right career for you because real estate is full of up and downs, up and downs, and it requires some savings. I was never good at savings. So I was like the back against the wall. Like I can totally understand how that feels. Like when you like, when I'm just devastated if I lose a deal because Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Right. Like I totally get it. And it's probably hard to set this system up coming from a slower market. But when things get better and they will, and you're still here, like I feel you're just trying to survive this Mm -hmm. time. We Mm -hmm. have to survive. But then let's start a savings plan. Let's like, yeah, be prepared for the next time. Or even when you get your next closing, make sure that the savings starts And I feel like when agents are operating from a place of desperation, hasty decisions are made and homework is not done. And we are seeing so many more cancellations. Uh, Yeah. My cancellations lately have been on things that 100% the buyer should have known uh, on my listings. I'm like, so you're telling me your buyer didn't even know this? Right. I don't understand. Yeah. Why didn't that come up? Right. Because they were just trying to get them Hurry, in there. Let's just make an offer, please. Let's just get under contract. A contract means nothing if you don't make it to the closing no, table. No. So we kind of just wanted to do a refresher to remind you to take a deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> don't let go of your boundaries. Keep your systems in place. Yeah. Don't lose your systems at this time. Yeah. Be, be mindful of your safety practices. Yes, like all to of do that. it all. Um, the other thing that I've noticed that's changing so much is um, agents are going to be sold to even more now. Mm. Like, I feel like there's more, hey, I have this lead source or hey, like, and when you're feeling desperate for a deal, you're kind of like, ooh, maybe I do want to get the X leads yeah, or the whatever new I think you're in a vulnerable position. Sure. Where the people who are selling things to realtors are like, we can help you get those deals you can't find. The the shiny objects are going to be coming out of the woodworks. Everywhere. And you're going to feel like, and look, maybe some of them are a fit for you. But if you're not working your database and not doing what you kind of know or the free things you can do. Yes. If you're not working yes. your social media, if you're not working your database, then you are, and you're like getting that sales pitch and you're like, yeah, I do need the deal. Yeah. I think that's the other thing that happens in this time. So I just taught a database class at an office in our marketplace. Oh, we haven't even talked about this. Yeah, it went great. Okay. But um, I talked a lot about how, you know, I believe the database is the foundation of your business. That's how you get repeat and referral. And one of the agents at the end was like, listen, I um, I do pay for online leads. You know, they do sort of like suck the life out of me. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> but I'm not from here and I don't know anyone. And I just feel like this is what I have to do. And I said, I hear you. But they could also be the reason why you're not meeting anyone. Because you're working these strangers so much. Have you joined anything in the community to meet people? Do you have time to get involved in a in a um, charitable group that you're right. passionate about? Do you have time to play tennis? Right. Do you have time to be involved in your church? Where, like, what things about you? Do Where do you, you love? see people? Yeah. Yeah. But if you're always working the leads, mm-hmm. you're never working the real people that you could form relationships with. So I left her with this. I said, I would say only do the leads once you are, your database is clean, full, scrubbed, like it's good, good, solid people in there that you have found. 
you're actually having time in your business plan to be in front of people and you are working that well. Yeah. And if you have extra time, take on some leads if you feel like you need them. Yeah. Because that's the other thing too, is if she's just starting to do the database, you're not going to get a lead day one. No, like, it's, it's such a, a long it's, game. It's a time, but over time, it gives you like the healthiest business. Yeah, I agree. My other thing is how did you take the online leads and get them into your database quicker? Like how right. did you build a relationship? How are you following up with them? If you closed an online lead, how did they make it into your database? What's the like... You're going to have to fill that database with some people that you got probably online. Yeah. And like if that buyer from the online lead brought their dad to a showing. Right. Is dad in your database? Because this is all mindset. Yes. Like how are mindset. And so one online lead, if worked correctly and intentionally and is relationship focused, could lead to you being the realtor for that whole family. Yeah. But if you're just like slinging leads left and right and trying to keep your head above water. I mean, she even said like she's exhausted and doesn't really like people anymore. Oh, well, that's not going to (laughs) work. No, but that's where a lot of people, since I taught that class, more and more people have come to me telling me they're at that place. Yeah. And when your attitude is suffering, when your mindset is suffering, it's very hard to be good at what you do. Right. And to make people like, wow, I really like her. And this business is, it's all fun and games until the market shifts. Yeah. Like it's all fun. And, you know, look, I cannot tell you how many agent tours are popping into Um, my inbox right now. So many. But I've been here before. Yeah. I've seen it all before. Mm -hmm. All the lenders start harassing you more. They are looking for the, like everyone is like desperate for the deals. Mm -hmm. Like where are we going to find them? Um, So You have to find the things that work in your business, though, I guess is my point. These things are going to happen around you. Mm -hmm. They're going to try and sell you stuff. We're going to try, like, your leads are going to run you ragged if you're just getting these, you know, people who are not quality database, like, Mm -hmm. type of relationships that you want to see. Yeah. It's just hard. You're going to feel like you're spinning your wheels a bit. Yeah. And I even feel that way, sort of. Yeah. I'm, I'm very busy right now. I don't have a lot to show for it. (laughs) Right. It's like my listings. I'm so aggravated with a lot of these buyer's agents. It's like, here's a great offer from my client next day. I'm so sorry. I'm sending you a cancellation. And I'm just like, what is happening? You know, there's no, there's not a lot of. Were the reasons similar for the cancellations? Yeah. Yeah. Can you share? um, So one didn't realize that the home even though I had the documents and everything with the PD, it was on the property disclosure, it, it required flood insurance. And they didn't realize. They didn't realize that. Even though they signed the property disclosure. So definitely knew. Mm-hmm. Even though the insurance policy was updated, was uploaded into MLS. Oh, this is pretty next level. Yeah. And I'm just like, and you know what's funny? I got the pre-approval letter and I sent our email template yeah. to the lender, the offer received email template. Yeah. That was like, hey, I've received your offer. And I said, all I added to that template for this specific email. I also wanted to make sure that you want, you knew as the lender that the house is in a flood zone. So I've attached a copy of the policy. Okay. And it wasn't a it wasn't an astronomical amount, yeah. but it was in a flood zone. Um, that required flood insurance. So she responded and said, thank you so much for letting me know this. I did not realize it was in a flood zone when I sent the pre-approval letter, but I just reran the numbers and they still qualify. Okay, so good I was thing, like, though. okay, wonderful. But then they found out. The buyer was like, I'm not comfortable. I don't want. So I'm just going to cancel during my inspection. Things was like it that. a multiple offer situation? No. Why? Why the rush, y'all? Why the rush? Just here's the thing. I think if they had, there are some agents that even if they had all the time in the world, they're not going to do their due diligence. Yeah. They're not going to check things before they write the offer, even if they had a week to write the offer. Yeah. Because they're so excited to be writing an, an offer. offer. Yes, finally. Finally, I can have something on my pipeline. And you're like walking on eggshells with that buyer. Like, were they just barely wanting to write an offer? But they said yes. So we jumped on it. And then we're like so desperate that we're like, I'm not going to tell you anything bad about the house because I want you to move forward. Right. And you know what's funny? I have found too in sort of the opposite fashion that 
the agents that are really stressed right now, they seem to be rushing. Yeah. But buyers are being very cautious. Right. It's they're hard. coming back for second they, showings and third showings. And uh-huh. they're showing everybody before they put pen to paper. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're really – I mean, and the ones that are being rushed by their agents, I think it's not really working out. And again, your buyer picks up on the vibe you're putting down. Right. So if you make it feel urgent and you're nervous, they're going to be nervous. Like it's, there's, there's going to be another house. The problem is that it was a lot easier to find another house before the inventory situation. The other thing I'm seeing is that I guess with the media and what people are hearing is they think that all sellers are desperate right now. <laughs> right. So you should make your offers like 50000 under list price. That is wild. The offers I'm getting, I'm like, no. Even if she wanted to, her mortgage is more than that. Right. Like she actually can't take this offer. Right. It's not going to work. I'm getting offers again with all sorts of things written in, like, Mm -mm. you know, wash the roof, get a new dishwasher. Like all, (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, people, just because you're hearing that sell things aren't flying off the shelf doesn't mean that you should be looking $50,000 above your price range. Right. But that's what's happening too. Mm -mm. So much waste of time. No. Okay. Are you ready for a story? Yeah. (laughs) While we're talking about getting the calls and, you know, seeing these practices, actually, this story relates back to our um, episode with Nikki and wire fraud. Mm, Okay. And, well, just general fraud and title issues. So, two days ago, at the time of this recording, I received a phone call from a number I did not know. Here's a tip for you realtors in a tough market. Answer your phone. Most of them will be someone trying to sell you something. Then you will have to probably say no thank you and hang up. And block that number. (laughs) Yeah. But I answered a call from an out-of-state number. Actually, it was not. It was a local number because I wrote it down. Oh. And so that probably made me think this is someone I should talk to. (laughs) It's local. The fellow on the other end of the line was of another – I don't know where he was from, but he was – from a different descent. Okay. okay. Very super thick accent. Okay. In fact, it was a little hard for me to like wade through it, but I got there. Okay. He says, I have a property um, that I want to sell. Can you help me with that? It is. And I'm like, okay, sure. And then he says, it is vacant land. And immediately my red flag started going up. Because that's like, where the. This is one of the scams, yes. right? And I know this because we're well trained over here at Hustle Homely. Yeah. He says it's vacant land. I'm like, hmm, already. I'm like, all right, let's see what we can find out. And I'm like, okay, I couldn't really at this point understand him hardly at all. But he said something. And I'm like, hey, could you text me the address? He said something about texting. I'm like, yeah, I can get you some information on the property. But will you text me the address? And because my red flags were up, I'm like, will you text me your legal name, the address and, you know, the size, and then I'll look it up. And uh, we managed to get out that um, his name was a very, like, American. John Smith. That is exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, okay. John Smith. Okay, okay. Um, and I. He, I said he said he had it for sale by owner, but he couldn't figure out Zillow, and he was having trouble like figuring out how to do the for sale by owner. So he needed help. Okay. So I was like, okay, have you had it? Have you had any interest while it was for sale by owner? And he's like, I don't, I don't know, I don't like. Clearly, it wasn't really for sale by owner. Right. Right. Okay. Fine. Then I said, well, he said, I need you to tell me what price, what price, you know, to sell it for. And I'm like, I said, well, what price did you have it listed for sale by owner? That's a great question. And he says, oh, I don't know, like 150 to 170. I'm like, just so many of my red flags are like pinging at this point. But I'm like, okay, fine. We'll we'll see this out. I'm going to get my phone out now. Um, he does text me the address. And um, I look it up. It was actually listed. Um, in, it was on the market? In, in February of 2023. And it oh, was- Oh, this was a recent call? He called me two days ago. Oh, my so gosh. He had also had it listed, I don't know, if, yeah, um, in in February, so months ago. And you know what's funny? This is right by my parents, and I run on this street. That is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I have the listing out. Alyssa's looking at it. Okay. This is his, these are his texts. This is the text exchange. Hi, Katie. This is Steven. 
That's mm-hmm. all he says after our phone call. So I respond with, because now I'm dying to know if this is a scam. Yeah. I'm like, also, I'm not going to lie. I'm very mindful in how I address everyone because of fair housing. So yes, I also always. couldn't just dismiss him assuming it was a scam. I had to like work it through. I said, hi, what is the property address? Then he sends me back his full name, Stephen, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and the address. And he says, 43,560 square feet. Square feet. Is the size. Okay. It is a residential subdivision lot. And I'm like, one. I now have this listing pulled up from the address he just gave me. It is not 43,560 feet, which I will say is a full acre. And Zillow rounds everything up to one acre. Okay. They automatically say one acre. Right. This is not actually that. It's probably like less than half of an acre. Okay. Then I'm like, what what can I ask to figure this out? Mm -hmm. I'm like, how long have you owned the property is my next question. He says, over 10 years now. I said, have you listed it with an agent before? He says, no, I have not. And I'm like, well, now you're caught, caught. Because this is with an agent. It It was only on the market 30 days. And I... And I assume it was because it was a scam that they and pulled it. And then it was withdrawn. So I texted this agent and I said, hey, I've received a... I like that oh, you're okay, looking. Okay. Uh-huh. I said, hey, I've received a call about this property. You had it listed in February. Can you tell me what happened? It seems like it's a scam. And, and I will... So she says, yes, it was a scam. It was listed and removed. <gasps> she listed it not she, realizing she con- it was a scam. Correct. She confirmed. And so... This is how I decided to handle it with him because he was because I didn't respond again. I said, have you had it listed before? And he said, no, I haven't. So I just kind of went quiet. Then he said, did you find it yet? And I said, this property was recently listed as part of a scam and has been flagged by our local board of realtors. His response, what? Question mark, exclamation point. When was this? Question mark, question mark, exclamation point. I did not respond and he never responded again. He didn't call like if you if you were really the owner no. and that happened, you would immediately pick up the phone and be like, Katie, what do you mean it was it's listed? A, yeah, I, mean, I didn't list stressed. it. No, he sent one text and then ghosted. And let me see what the agent. I love that you played this all the way through. I had to do it for y'all. Yeah. I did it for y'all. You're like, this would be great content for I the listeners. Like, well, I had to follow through because of fair housing. I couldn't just be sure, like, yeah. you know, I can't, I can't not serve everyone the same. But at the same time, I'm like, this sounds fishy. So I asked this other agent if it was a scam. And they said, it was listed by an internet scammer. And we found the actual owner was how she responded to me. So I knew it was a scam. I told him, and I'm like, how can I? But I was trying to figure out the words to make him stop doing it. Mm-hmm. At least for that property. Like it was flagged by our local right, board. because so. the property is in a very nice area. It is. It yeah. was listed the time before for 185 vacant land that's probably pretty good, you know. Um, and so I sent the board an email, and I said, listen, this just happened. It's obviously happened once before. This scammer is targeting this property is there some way for you to flag this property when you get another listing so that Mm -hmm. you can at least give that agent a heads up right and they're like we'll put an alert on the message board which they did okay but it just says please if you're getting vacant listing uh yeah we've been we've been notified of a scam about a targeting vacant listing it didn't say this listing Mm -hmm. but did the agent that did list it say anything else like do you know if it was the same guy it had to be. Or or a conglomerate. Like, they just target addresses, you know? Mm-hmm. It could, maybe he's in a... He could be in a call center, for all we know. Yeah. Targeting these things. Did you see if the name he gave is the name of the property owner, by chance? It is. That's the thing. They know uh, They know who owns the property. And they're saying that's why that's he's me. giving me a name that didn't maybe match up with... With him. Who yeah. he is. Right. <laughs> so, there are... Red flags. My point is not to criticize the agent who took the listing, but no. y'all, someone took this listing. Yeah. And I don't know what, because I didn't get more details, because I'm sure that's not a very pleasant thing to relive for them. No. So it wasn't like I got a text with a lot of additional information. I just let her know. I'm like, well, hey, if you have the number for the actual owner, please let him know this is still happening. We but had I- one that was listed by an agent. That made the news. It was such a scam. <gasps> remember? Yes. Did we talk about it on the show? I don't I don't remember, but I I just know that this is happening more and more and more because mm-hmm. 
doing your due diligence on verifying ownership and making sure that everything checks out correctly and asking the right qualifying questions. A lot of people are skipping all of that right because now. They, because they're desperate for the listing. Yeah, they're like, I can't wait to put my sign up in a yard. Yeah, that house was being lived in by squatters. Yes. Who then tried to sell the property. Yes, and an agent listed it. And took photos. Yeah, and it was horrible. It was horrific. Like, clearly, something is not right. <sighs> right. But so, I got my sign in the yard. And I got on the news. They were on the news. <laughs> yeah, not you. No, they, not me. Yeah, not in a good way. No. But so I guess really let's take it back to what's the point? You have to be more vigilant right now because people are going to try and scam still. People are going to try and sell you stuff. People are going to try and, you know, see houses that maybe are not good people or that are not approved or like that could be dangerous to you. We, You have to keep to your professional standards even mm-hmm. when you're needing the the business. Yeah. Like even when you're in a place where you're like, I can't lose this client. I have a listing right now that was inherited and it is falling down. Okay. <laughs> it's That's really, bad news. There are four, I like that you're laughing about it. <laughs> there are four air conditioners. One of them is from 1969. Whoa. And none of them work. Well, that makes sense. There's some mold, you know, okay. no AC. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a mess. Okay. It's been on the market for months. Right. There's no bidding war going on here. Right. Okay. And I get an offer from an agent that's like not a – I'll preface this by saying she's a real agent and her clients are real buyers. Okay. Okay. I get a purchase agreement from her, $1,000 over list price, and like a conventional loan putting like the minimum down – but what really threw me off is she asked for a home warranty, like a $500 <laughs> home like, warranty. on what? It's all existing conditions. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, and so I'm, I said, listen, you can't, I don't think you understand. Have you been to the property? Because we've had over 50 showings. Because like 50. In, over 50. Because investors are coming out the woodworks. Um, I said, have you been there? Because this offer doesn't really make sense to me. And she's like, oh, we have. We have. And I'm thinking, then you know you can't ask for a home warranty because nothing's working. Yeah. It's not working. What kind of loan? It was conventional, but there wasn't – it wasn't fully filled out, okay? Okay. It did have a pre-approval letter. Okay. Who she ended up helping me. But at first, I'm like, listen, I – we rejected it. I just felt like oh, I love y'all listen to that. You rejected the over a thousand over ask. Yeah, I talked offer. to my seller about it and they, they were like, right. You're crazy. Why would you do that? Like <laughs> they were like, no. And the warranty thing, the fact that I had to explain that to her was sort of a red flag for me. Like yeah. you're never gonna make it through an inspection on this house. I don't even think you've been here. And she's like, oh, I sent her a rejection. I said, listen, I just don't think this is the right house for your clients. I don't think that you're going to be able to get financing. It really needs a cash buyer. And the the fact that they wanted a home warranty just lets me know maybe their expectations aren't realistic. And we've already had a few cancellations. Right. So we're not interested in going under contract just for the sake of being under contract. We're really looking for a buyer who understands the magnitude of renovation that has to go on here. And it's not someone that's going to ask for a home warranty. Right. Oh, I understand. I understand. I'm like, okay, good. They're gone. No, (laughs) I get a new offer. I get a new offer. The like, like a week later, Like, I don't hear from anything. She doesn't go see the house again. Okay. I get a new offer. Same offer. Home warranty. I'm, like, skimming it. And I'm, like, maybe this was an accident. I'm, like, no, the dates are different. Like, I thought maybe she asked the same exact offer? Until I get to additional terms, she added in all systems to be in working order by closing. Oh, my. We're going to pay $1,000 for that? That's actually impossible. This house has six bathrooms and none of them have a toilet in them. Oh, my God. You are kidding me. Like, when I tell you this house is in shambles, it is not livable. And so I just, I just, I didn't even respond. I I did respond. And I was a little less understanding. And I was like, I don't think you understand. This is an as-is sale. It's priced for the condition. It is priced that way. And we are not doing any work. And what you wrote is so ambiguous. I I called her broker. 
You did? I did. I was so annoyed. What did the broker say? That it's an agent that has another job, doesn't come in the office very much, doesn't attend training, has been licensed for like two years, okay. but that has never really done I don't know if she's ever really made it to the closing table. And I said, I just wanted to make you aware that I'm rejecting it again. And I also just wanted to be careful because I didn't want to make it seem like I'm just rejecting her offers, but they're actually not making any sense to me. Right. And so then I also called the mortgage lender. Mm -hmm. And I said, listen, I just received a second offer from these clients and The agent is not understanding, and I felt like in case you have communication with the buyers, maybe you could help me. Oh, okay. What happened? And she was like, oh, that's the condition that the house is in? I sent her some pictures. She said, absolutely not. You need a a construction loan for that. No doubt. And I said, I know. And I'm not trying to like not – and my seller is – on the same page with me and all. I'm explaining to her everything I'm doing, what my concerns are. She's like, for sure, you know? Right. Um, and so I the lender was like, I will talk to the buyers. There's no way I can finance this. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. But maybe another agent would have been eager to have their listing pending well, and just tried to make it work. Like and but, gotten through. But that's not a service to your seller. No. Or the buyer. No. That is never going to happen. So what a waste of time. And so I, she kept arguing with me, the the agent. And so like, I finally- Like this agent was going to let their buyer pay for an inspection? Pay for a home inspection that was never going to see the act of sale. Yeah. No, 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 no. And I finally said, listen, Miss Realtor, <laughs> I spoke to the mortgage lender who said, this cannot be financed the way that your clients are. She, your clients- are looking for a move-in ready home and this is I understand this might be their price range. This is not the home for them. This is not within budget. It is not livable right now. Please stop sending me offers on this property. <gasps> I had to tell her. Wow. But it's like she was so eager, I guess, to write the contract and I am going to have to look up stats after this. Yeah, it's just, you know. Okay. Well, look. I I want to be understanding. If you have felt like you are this person and you're like, oh, God, I've done this before. Everyone has to learn, right? Sometimes we learn the hard way. Um, And I'm not – like, if you're new, you've maybe never – like, next week we're going to do contingencies. As new agents, there's some things that you've never seen in the market. Yeah. That I – I mean, like – You've not seen a house maybe in bad condition that is at this point. Like everything's changing all the time. Yeah. So we're all learning. We're all trying to figure it out. But you have to you have to do your due diligence. And my thing is the first offer when it came through, I really took a lot of time to educate her. You felt like you were giving her the – I did. I felt like I was – real. you know, I'm like, you need to listen to this podcast. It's called Hustle Home. <laughs> um, but I digress. And I – Really tried to be helpful. Yeah. So when I got the second offer, you're like, no more I just help. like threw my papers in the air and was like, go away. No. I cannot help you. You cannot be helped. You're not. Here. You're not helpable. No. You're not teachable. No. Okay. Well, those agents maybe will get out of business soon. Hey, friend. Hope you're enjoying this episode all about loopholes. Some of these stories are truly wild. If you don't want to end up with a buyer looking for a loophole somewhere down the road, you need to make sure they're sure about the purchase during their inspections. One way to make sure you do that is to use our free email template to make sure they're sure. This will help keep your buyers happy and avoid buyer's remorse later. To find the free template, just head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash make sure. Okay, what else you got on stories for the 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 bad behavior? Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate that there's so many. I do have so many, but I, I only really just had the one. I do want to preface or like jump in here and remind people when we're taking a safety angle, when we're thinking about making good choices for safety, you can go back and listen to episode six and seven mm-hmm. where Carl um, tells his story and then gives the tips. Um, episode 161 is where Tanner comes and tells mm. us what to do from the perspective of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And again, last week was was Jen telling another story kind of really 
um, more about the open house angle. So important because open yeah. houses are back. Like, they right? Are. Yeah. Houses aren't selling right away. Like, we're not so desperate that we're going to put ourselves in an open house and also be potentially harmed. Sure. We're going to make good choices. Yeah. You know, like, that's what you tell your kids in the morning. Like, make good make choices. Good choices. Yeah. That's what I feel like this episode could also be. Just make good choices. <laughs> Bye, guys. Make good choices. <laughs> right? You need to make good choices. Um, okay. I also think that... Uh, this market requires a little bit more patience. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a seller currently, sweet seller. The um, homes are not moving in their neighborhood at all. Lots of competition. You know, it's a high price range. It's hard to, you know, get that feedback. But agents are clearly going behind the sign. Um, I'm experiencing that as well. Y'all, that's not allowed. Like yeah. it is actually not allowed for you to go to a current listing and call or talk to the seller while it is listed. Yeah. So agents are going behind the sign and telling her some random stuff like, well, your the for sale sign is not legible enough. It's too faded from the sun. And that's why your home isn't selling. So <laughs> maybe you need a different agent. I'm like, y'all, that is not. What yeah. is happening here? Mm-hmm. But I'm having to field these questions and concerns from my seller, rightfully so, because people are putting this in her ear. Like, your sign is why my house hasn't sold. It's not. Mm-mm. I mean, and I, look, I'm confident enough to, I told her, I'm like, it's not the sign. You know, I'm happy to switch it out. I'm happy to do an open house. I'm happy to do a lot of things, but it's not the sign. It's the market Mm -hmm. and I can't change the market. We can change your price. Mm -hmm. Like we can, the condition's great. So it's not it, but like we can wait it out. Like we can rent your house instead of selling. There are options. Yeah. But the part of that story that bothered me and it's the desperate for deals angle is the, is the bad agent behavior. I recently um, was, I got invited to, my sister is in a Bible study and they take turns leading. Mm-hmm. So I only go when it when she's leading it. Okay. So I'm not it's not really close to my house. Right. But um so I had met them once before, like this this group. They're super sweet. I, I kind of wish it was closer to my house. But then when I went the second time, um it she had just bought her house. Okay. The girl who was hosting it. Okay. And so um I had met her last time, but I don't like know her well. So she's telling me, yeah, we used to live next door to your sister and then we oh. just bought this house and everything. And she was, she kept saying like, well, the realtor helped with this. And then re- so finally I said, I have to know who your realtor is. And she said it. And I was like, I love that person. And she was like, how do you know them? I was like, I'm a realtor. And she was like, oh, you're a realtor. I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I'm like, that's I'm, okay. No, like I'm not saying it to be like, I'm a realtor. You always have to use me. Right. I've met you before once. Right. You didn't use me. I'm so, so rude. But guess what? That is how realtors act. Yeah. It is gross. <laughs> it makes the consumer like. They don't want to say. I don't want to say that I just bought a house because I'm going to offend my 27 friends that all have their real estate yeah. license. Like be the realtor that's like. Oh, they're great. Yes. How was your experience? And that's what I said. Like, oh, you were in good hands. Like I've done several transactions with that person. Yeah. I said, I'm in real estate. So these are kind of like my coworkers. Right. Like, I know the realtors yes. in Baton Rouge because I'm a realtor. Right. And she was like, oh oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I was like, yeah, like you were definitely in good hands. I certainly wasn't asking that to make you feel, feel uncomfortable. Bad. Y'all, don't make consumers feel bad. And then I, don't I care felt if it's bad when I realized aunt. that first, you know, but then I felt like it was such like a light bulb moment for me. Yeah. That, you're like, yeah. And how many times have you gotten a call that's like, listen, I have so many friends that are realtors mm-hmm. and like, I need to sell my house and I've been through that so many times. But yeah, like, I don't want to choose between them. Can you help me as a neutral third party? Yeah. Or, you know, you're my aunt is one, but you're full time or whatever the case may be, you know? Right. I've also been on the receiving end where I, they were my clients and now their aunt is a realtor. Right, 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 right. They called me to be like, hey. We're about to list the house. I can't make Aunt Susie mad. Yeah, I just, I wanted you to know. And I'm like, first of all, I hate that you felt 
worried. in this position. Like, you, I'm so happy for y'all that this next phase of life, and I'll certainly keep it in mind for a buyer. I totally understand. And do you know what is so funny? What? They bought, this is a real story. Okay? This is a real story. Great. This is a real story. They, they did buy that house with Aunt Susie. Mm-hmm. And then four years later, I listed that house. Where did Aunt Susie they go? See, Aunt Susie's not a realtor anymore. Exactly. But if I would have made them feel like trash, they would have never come back. They would have never come back. But if you're if planning you are sweet and gracious, and you're planning to be here for the long haul, yes, I'm not going anywhere. These people will come back because sometimes they can't even remember the person that sold them the house. Yeah. So when you're getting bad news or you feel like you're taking a blow to your business, like don't burn the bridges. Never. Never, never. Don't burn the bridges. Never. Um, and in fact, whenever she called me all those years, because I remembered, like I remember that yeah. happened. You know, of course, I watched the listing and wanted to see the photos and whatnot. Um, and so then when she called me to sell it all those years later, I just felt like so redeemed. Yeah. Because it wasn't you. It was yeah. never you. And guess what? It took four years to feel that way. Yeah. You know, it's, again, so much of real estate is a long right term. long game yeah Very it's a long. long game yeah and so if you're looking for that feel good moment you mm-hmm. may have to wait four years you might <laughs> but if you're not very nice to the person that doesn't use you or, or decides come. not to buy at all for now i mean there's so many different so speaking of going behind the sign i am also experiencing on i have a lot of listings right now mm-hmm. okay and it's they're sitting they're okay. not selling I am having experience with investors slash wholesalers going behind the Please sign. tell this story. This is another. I'm just like so aggravated about it. And you think that these scammers are like ambiguous and operating from another country through the cloud. No, these are real live people mm-hmm. in your marketplace. Because at first that was my thought. Oh, this is a scam. You yeah. know, everything about it sounds sketchy. But she's like, no. Back up and tell us what okay. happened. Okay. I have a house that has been on the market for like 200 days, okay? Okay. I think I've had it for like 90. They had it listed before me. It expired. So the the, average, the day on market is high. And I say that because that is who they're targeting. Yes. If desperate they are targeting, They are targeting the listings that have higher days on market, okay? So they went behind my sign directly to my seller. Okay. And said, we would like to make you an offer, of this amount and what's weird is it wasn't that far off of what we were asking okay and you know we're gonna bring like hundred and forty thousand dollars to closing to give you and then we're gonna owner finance the rest but it had all these other terms in mm-hmm. it okay and they told her to just cancel her contract with her realtor and she was like so obviously i'm calling you why did they tell her to do that? To save the percentage. So they could get a, the house for less? Yeah. And who, it was the buyer calling her? Yeah, the investor. Okay. <clears throat> so she called you. What next? So I w- what, what really startled me, and I feel like this is good for y'all to know, is that this is a very strong, independent woman. Yeah. She's a single mom. She, like works in a heavily male-dominated industry. Like, she's tough. She's tough as nails. I've always loved working with her. Because it's like, there's no BS and fluff. Just tell me what I need to know. Yeah. They freaking got her. She was considering it. Uh Uh-huh. And I said, when did all of this happen? Like, when did... Because you have so much information. Has this been going on behind my back for weeks? And she's like, no, they just called me yesterday. Oh, my. And the second she asked for the, – the second they got a glimpse of hope, she was – they were all over it. Yeah, they okay? have a script. They are giving her all this information. A The title attorney that is partnered with the investor that sets up the owner financing verbiage. Uh-huh. Um, and here's the thing. You think – I also was trying to self-reflect a little bit and be, Alyssa, let's talk to yourself. Could this be a good situation for your seller who is borderline financial distress? Could like could this be a good deal for her? After reading the screenshot text messages of this attorney who I verified is a real attorney who used to work for a real title company that we know 
has gone off on his own to do scam work. To do this work that is not scam work, but it is okay. It's not a scam. It's but not it a is scam. very unethical. It's very unethical. Yes. Okay. And I said what. Because she kept saying he's so he called her on the phone and went through the contract and the terms and how it works and how she's protected and this and that and this and that. So I really was trying to be like trying to see both sides, yeah. you know, and I just never could get there. And I said, seller. <laughs> this is so hard not to use names. Susie Seller. Susie Seller. The other thing that makes me very nervous and lets me know, because she she kept saying, I'm protected. I said, here's the thing. I don't work for Alyssa Jenkins Realty. Right. I work for this company, okay? And you signed a contract with this company. And this company has a really excellent legal team. And I'm in no way trying to sue you. And I know you're not trying. She was never trying to back out of the contract. Right. I said, and I know you're not trying to get out of the contract. My concern is that he is giving you advice that if you had taken that advice and canceled the contract with me to sell it to them, you would be at you risk. would be at risk. You have liability and risk of being sued by a bigger entity than me. And that is why I have a problem. That lets me know he doesn't have your best interests at heart because he's giving you poor legal advice. Right. And, you know, the more things went on, she just, I said, listen, if this is the route, if this is how desperate you are, I didn't even realize it because you have not expressed to me that you were, feel. here's the thing. I don't think she is in financial distress. Right. I think they, through their smooth talking, made her feel as though it, she would... How long can you carry two mortgages? How long are you going to keep the grass cut and the utilities on? Like it all adds it sound up. Like it was and the she, end by of the, the end world. of it, she's like, you're right. I'm wasting so much money. So I said, listen, we can't do anything over the weekend anyway. So how about we drop the price to what they're offering you? Okay. And see if we get a better offer. Because we can't accept their offer. It, this was like over Labor Day. I'm like, the legal, she wanted her attorney to review the paperwork per Thank my goodness. advice. Okay. Yeah, okay. So that couldn't happen until Wednesday after Labor Day. So I said, it's Friday afternoon. We can't do anything right now. Let's drop the prize and see if we can sell this thing by Wednesday. I said, I didn't even know you were willing to go here. This you know? low, right. And so we did that mm -hmm. and we got another offer thankfully okay they canceled oh <laughs> i wanted the end of the story to be happy. no it's not yet it's not yet we're back okay. on the market but this morning the date that we're recording this episode mm -hmm. i have gotten another offer that's <gasps> oh. who i was just on the phone with okay, outside good. so i'm like oh gosh oh gosh like hurry before she wants to talk to like scammy man again you know <laughs> we're still working through this right we're still working this is actually actively in but process i want to just really quick i don't want to get two in the weeds on it but they were going to bring x dollars to closing and she was going to own her finance she wanted to hang on to that property she didn't, but the amount that they basically got her to say what she owed and like what she would need to like cancel her mortgage yes so that at least she's not paying two mortgages anymore. And now yeah. you have income each month. What? I'm like, or you could have $100,000 cash at the closing table. Right. Do whatever you want with the it. Right way. You're still liable for that house. Yes. You still have to, you'd have to foreclose on these people yes. if they didn't pay you. And they want access to the property. They want to put their own lock. Before we even close, they want access. They want their own lockbox. They want to be able to go in and make changes and do all these things. Why? And are they trying to flip it? I don't know. I don't understand. Rent it, flip it, something. Why? I don't know the what they're looking is. to rent it. There's just no way it makes sense for them to need a lockbox before closing. I just thought, and so... It, it came down to, we were going back and forth, back and forth. She's screenshotting me things this attorney said, and they were ugly about realtors. Your realtor does not have your best interest in mind. She's just trying to get paid. Ask her if she's going to still collect the fee. Um, tell her she needs to cut it. Like, just all this mess. And she finally said, okay, I think it would really help if we did a three-way call. I said, absolutely not. I am not three-way calling with these people. I've read enough what he has to say about me. I have advised you as best as I can, and the advice is not being taken because I see that you still want to entertain this, and I want to let you know I'm not shaming you for that. Right. But I actually can't help you because this is not how 
real estate is conducted. So this is outside of my realm. Right. Like if you asked me to sell your car, I'd have to say no. Right. Right. Same situation. I don't work with this sort of con- – they didn't want to use our contract. Oh, no, 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 no. Everything was a big mess. So through advice, I was told I have to bow out, not from the contract. If you go under contract with these people, let me know. Send it to me once everything is signed. I will place us pending. I will show up at closing. I will let you sign whatever you want to sign and I will collect my check. But it's all at your discretion. Like I can't actually advise. Yeah, because you're making decisions against my professional advice as the realtor. Well, and she was becoming a bank. Right. She would be the mortgage holder. Luckily, when that other offer came in, even though they canceled, it sort of gave a, gave her a step back. So I'm to like, be like, oh. Because I showed her her net sheet. And I'm like, you would get like $100,000 at closing <sighs> if we go this route, you know? <clears throat> but then when they canceled, I was so nervous. Like, please don't. Because I, I have a feeling she might have wanted to call the attorney back to say, hey, they canceled if you're still interested. Yikes. I know. And so, but... I share this again. I'm not the only one that has experienced these people going behind the sign, and they are smooth talkers. Yeah. They really are connecting on an emotional level with these people. Ew, that's so gross. It is really scary, and they are just trying to build their real estate portfolio using the desperation of other people. Yeah, because it's not just agents who are desperate for the deal. It's Mm -mm. the seller. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. Okay, what else you got? Well, because of this happening, Mm -hmm. I have reached out to my other active listings to say, listen, sellers, with the market being the way it is, you've seen it, it's slow. We are experiencing more wholesalers going behind the sign, which is actually unethical um, because you are under contract and trying to negotiate side deals with sellers. Mm Um, it is not. It is using creative financing that does not actually clear title of the home away from you. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to make you aware that if you receive any inquiries at all on your property, please direct them to me. Yeah. No matter what is said. But, you know, I think everyone should be saying that in their listing appointment. Yes. And I had that in a note is that we need in this market – our buyer and seller consultations need to be on point. Yeah. They need to be up to date. You need to be meeting buyers for coffee to sit down and talk about the market and get to know them before you jump into showing them houses. Yeah. Because they need to understand what the new price range is for a first-time home buyer. Right. Or how long is a house sitting? And what do comps look like? What? Who's your mortgage lender? Uh, yeah, they also don't know some of the options. And I am super familiar with them from the beginning of my career. But, like, I went on a showing last week with buyers who – they have talked to a lender before. They're aware of what the there. It's a past client. They're aware of what rates are. But he was really having some struggles about deciding on a house based on the rate. And I said, you know, have you looked at an arm? He's like, an arm. I'm like, yeah, arms are very popular right now. You know, like you could get a five year fix. I mean, in five years, during five years, the rates could change a bunch of times. Yeah. And you could refi. Or are you are you only going to live in the house five years? Then it doesn't even matter. Right. Like, there's just so... And he was like, I didn't even think about an arm before. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I just had another client who had to refi due to divorce. And he ended up, like, at a 4.99. Doesn't that... I mean, yeah, that's it's a, a big, big difference, difference from a seven. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, like a li- giant light bulb over his head. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but that's the kind of stuff you have to educate. Yes. your buyer. You yes. have to educate your sellers about the scams that are happening. You have to educate your clients. Mm-hmm. If you can't educate them, you're not doing you, you're not doing your job. Right. Absolutely. They're and paying you to know about this stuff. The times I have felt the most valuable as a realtor is when I am in that consultation with a client and I'm speaking to the financing aspect of things. Oh, yeah. Like, do you know what loan type? Have you thought about doing this for your while you're buying and selling at the same time? Have you thought about a HELOC? Have you thought about an ARM? Have you ever heard of a one-time recast? Like, you and they look at you like you are gold. 
Because they don't know. They don't know and they realize I've always heard realtors are not very helpful and you have just given me so much insight into the buying process. And so also like understanding, hey, Mr. Seller, we just got an offer, but I don't know that this type of loan can go for this type of house. Yeah. Don't want that to be a surprise 20 days later. Right. So confidence, I think, um, is key attending in this downtime, attending classes, um, attending lending classes, anything you can do to better educate yourself on what is going on in the market and how we're supposed to be advising people. Um, we just, we, we can't take things personally Yeah, and we need to be keeping the professional hat on and showing confidence when nobody else is. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good tips. Yeah. What about agents who are on edge emotionally? We have those all those emotional episodes because things are tougher in the market. Maybe you have sellers yelling at you all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you want to share the story of the of the incident? With, I had a, with your showing. Yeah. Oh, that one. Like where <laughs> she has a lot of stories. I do have a lot I'm of trying stories. Trying to work through them because they're good. I know it's important. Um, I showed like four houses all in one neighborhood the other day. And one of them was like, certainly not the one, but um, when we pulled up the garage door, it's a vacant house, but the garage door was open. And I thought maybe the seller had just come by to like spruce things up. Was before there a car show. in the no car? Just the no door car. was open. The garage door was open. No car in the garage. Doors were locked. Yeah. So I opened the lockbox. I go in. It was one of those very quickly, like, eh, this not isn't going to work. I don't think we, we didn't even go in the backyard. Didn't go upstairs, never went upstairs, just left, locked the lockbox. I left feedback. That night at 8.30, Tanner's working. I'm by myself. I get berated with text messages from this agent screaming at me via text of how unprofessional I am and that I need to go back to that house right now and secure the home. And I didn't even know what she was talking like, about. Which house? I'm like actually about to cry because I'm like, what did I do? Did I make him right? I am like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, how do you know that the house, the neighbors called and said that? I don't know that you know the garage door was open. And then I went, um, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> that garage door was open when we got there. So anybody on the street who has any kind of camera will see right. that that garage door was open for a very long time. And you left the whole house locked. Yes. It wasn't like it was. She says that the door to the garage like wasn't locked or something. Okay. And I said, I have news for you. We did not use that door. We walked in. We pretty quickly walked out. I didn't use the garage door. I didn't use the back door. I left through the front door that I came in. It's the only door I touched in the whole showing. But the way, and I even told her, I said, I have never been spoken to the way that you are speaking to me right now. Were y'all on the phone at this point? She was just texting me, texting me, texting me. I said, I have never had anyone say these things about me, you know? And she was like, take ownership. She just, she never would say she was wrong. She, and I said, I am not going over to that house. I said, I have children that are asleep and I'm not, well, too bad, figure it out. That's what she said. And I'm like, and that's why I said, I, I don't know what is going on with you, but I have never been spoken to this way in such an aggressive manner. Check your cameras because I did not do that. And she was like, how would you feel if someone left your half million dollar house exposed? I said, I didn't leave it that way. That's how I found it. I left it how I found it. She claims that there was also a light left on. You were like, we didn't touch anything. And, you know, if my buyer did leave on a light, I apologize. Right. I I turned all my lights off. I'm pretty sure I... But, again, you don't... It was horrible. It was horrible. And come to find out, she... She was some personal, She never apologized. No, but she had personal. She said, well, I'm dealing with this huge personal issue. The last thing I need is to babysit realtors that can't properly lock a house, is what she told me. Yikes. And I just said, obviously, this is not going anywhere. I'm not going to the house. Good night. Like, that's how we left it. And, oh, I'm sorry. And then she said, take ownership. And then I just stopped her spot. 
<laughs> but I was like, oh, again, I think sometimes we hear things oh, and man. we totally overreact in the moment. Right. She really thought I left the house, the garage door. I up. do think we need to take an innocent until proven guilty yes. stance on this stuff. Yeah. I mean, hey, Alyssa, do you remember how the like? Do, do you, you were remember? the only one there? That's what she said. But you didn't open the garage, so someone was there before me. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I, it, that's unfortunate. It was terrible. Okay. I'm sorry that happened to you and you were yelled at. Any last, other, last, any, last one? Okay, what's the and last it, one? It piggybacks this one. Okay, okay, let's hear it. We're under contract. I'm the listing agent. <laughs> <laughs> Picture this. <laughs> we're under contract. <laughs> I get the repair requests okay. on this quite immaculate house. Okay. Okay. It's uh, not a bad list, but... Some of it is doesn't even make sense. It's so unreasonable. Okay. This isn't what they asked for, but it's equivalent. Um, seller to change out granite countertops. Okay. okay I see. Something like that. Like, a, something like an aesthetic like, problem. Right. Something like, well, you've been in the house several times. It's always like. It was already like that. We're not. This isn't a. Yeah. This isn't a renovation project. Okay. <laughs> so I went through line by line. Luckily, I have very patient sellers and he's an engineer. Mm-hmm. So in this case, it worked in my favor. He went through the seven items they requested mm-hmm. and wrote next to each one. This outlet does actually work. It's just on a light switch and attached is a photo of my phone charging plugged in. Okay, so proving perfect. that that works. Great. Oh, this is actually this way blah 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 this is how you work this so in the end it sort of sounded like so we're not doing anything because everything you have asked it doesn't need to be done doesn't need to be done got it and we have provided pictures and explanations and i wrote it very kindly and i was like you were a great email i was really proud of this proud yeah really proud just wait um, I'm dropping my kids off at like 7.45 and my phone rings and it's like the other agent. I sent the email like, you know, the evening before. It's the other agent. And so I'm like, um, not answering right now. My kids are in the car. I'm in carpool line. So he calls again and I text him. I'm like, I'm in carpool line. Like, I will call you back. Like, what is so urgent? You know, I call back at like 8.05 and I'm like, hey. And he's like, well, <laughs> just got this email from you. And I'm just like, and he is just mad. And he's someone that I kind of know. So I was like, I'm going to need you to calm. I'm like sort of laughing because it's so ridiculous. I'm like, I'm going to need you to take a deep breath. <laughs> and I'm going to need you to tell me what the problem is because this was not a bad repair request and it was not a bad response. And he just kind of like, you could hear him like, oh, I know you're right. I'm sorry. Like all my deals are falling apart right now. He was like, I didn't mean to blast you. I said, well, you did. Yeah. I said, you certainly did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was like, I'll call my buyer. I said, I don't. I said, listen, he has an assistant that is a delight. <laughs> okay. I said, do you think it would be better for Susie to call your buyers? Because I'm really worried about your delivery right now. I said that. And he was like, no, no, it's fine. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to, you know, I just need to like make the phone call. And, you know, my buyers are so particular. And I'm like, well, they should be happy to hear. We've given you the answer. How everything works, you know. Um, so I said, I think it might be better for her. No, no, no. I'll, I'll call. I'll call. So I'm like, okay. Um, don't you know they canceled? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. I don't like the end of this story. Horrible endings lately, guys. Oh. And um, I was mad. Again. You think that. Not desperate what was about the deal. Because they the, didn't really give one. And how did your sellers handle it? Better than I did. Oh. <laughs> well, great. And not because I was like, it had to close. But because I was just freaking mad. Like, sometimes our industry, like, the way people handle things if I could have swooped in there and called his buyers on his behalf, like there's just, people are in such a freaking hurry to get mm-hmm. everything done. Yeah. And do you want to meet at the house and walk through these seven items? Like, right. Let's, what are the other options besides just being mad and no, saying no? We're quick to write an offer and we're quick to write a cancellation. And there is no in between. It's like, yeah. what are the other options? But by the time a buyer's agent has had their buyer send a cancellation, that's where their mindset is. Right. It's over. Okay. Agents, this is a back to client management. And I don't remember what 
episode it was, but it's early on because it's one of my passions. Agents do not understand that you affect your client's mindset in your behavior, in your suggestions, in your delivery of messages, in your giving them options for what he could have said. Mm -hmm. Hey, look, this is um, what they've said about these things, but we can run by the house and go try them all. Like Mm -hmm. give them another option that makes them feel comfortable. Nope. Is the house still on the market? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Another to be continued. Oh, God. We're not showing. I'm sorry. It's so sad out there. It is kind of sad out there. (laughs) It's not funny. It's sad. If we don't laugh, we'd cry. I know. That's why we have podcast therapy. I'm so sorry that happened to you multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) Things are really rough out there. I mean, look, I had a random person who didn't own a lot try and get me to sell it this week. Oh, my God. If I, I had time. I'm not super, like... And again, if the agents are portraying themselves as desperate, it invites these problems. Y'all, but here's the bigger picture. What episode did we just do? Is it 214 where we're talking about buyer brokerage? Mm, Yeah. If y'all don't get your act together seriously as a whole industry, when these things shake out, it's not going to be good. No. So we have got to be the example mm-hmm. and make sure that we're mining our P's and Q's and we better be able to tell our sellers these kind of stories about this is why you still want to work with me. Yeah. There are, buyer, bad, there are bad agents out there, but it's not me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to help you get through this. Right. And I really think that taking a little bit of extra time to sit down for coffee with your buyers and go through the process and have that consultation you are going to write one contract for that buyer yeah. and you will close. Yeah. You're not going to be running all over town, all these different places. It will places. save you time. It is going to save you so much time by working smarter, not harder, being more efficient. <laughs> we need to be checking our emotions. Yeah. As a listing agent, you're begging them. Yeah. Please have a consultation with your buyer. I can't, I can't do it for you. Yeah. Anything else today on That's all the agents on edge. That's all I have. That was really depressing. <laughs> Look. My stories will have maybe this offer we got today will work out on one. I can't them. wait to hear. Uh I will say that it does the opportunity to be better than others will make you stand out. Oh, so the positive side of this is you have such opportunity to stand out, to be better, to like, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to look better than a lot of this behavior. Oh, uh, yeah. And to be knowledgeable. Right. Are you ready for your toast? Yeah. Did you see who it was? No. Oh, I'm so excited. This toast is from Randy Yoakum. Okay. To her twin sister, Jenna Yoakum. Oh. In Northern Colorado. Okay. Randy, y'all, just uh, a side note, I'd like to toast her as well. She just taught a member-led class in community. Yeah. All about, what was her? Oh, it was open so house good. sign-in and then yeah, the email funnel. It was so it was pretty. Excellent. She did a great her job. Her branding is so good. But mm-hmm. okay, but Randy is toasting her sister, Jenna. Okay, I'm toasting my twin sister, Jenna, because she is the best sister and coworker in the whole world. She got into real estate about four years before I did, and she gave me the courage to get my license and jump away from being a CPA. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Mm. Now I get to be home with my kids most days and also do something I'm passionate about. And bonus, we get to hang out together all the time because we work as a two-person team. That's great. Jenna has has taught me everything I know about real estate and constantly impresses me with how much she knows. She takes incredible care of our clients and also treats other agents with respect and kindness. Thank you. I did not plan this. Wow. Cheers, sis. Um, well, <laughs> that worked out perfectly. That was perfect. Thank you, Randy. Um, thank you to Jenna for being the example yeah. in the in the industry. <laughs> kind, <laughs> respectful. What a delight. Go what figure. a delight. Mm-hmm. Everyone, go be a Jenna. Make good choices. That's right. Make good choices. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to ratethispodcast.com slash hustle humbly and leave us a review or drop a comment if you're listening on Spotify. If you have an episode topic or someone you'd like to toast on the show, please email us at team at hustlehumblypodcast.com. Find us on social media at Hustle Humbly Podcast. Don't forget to find all of the free resources at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. See you next week. This is the good life.